Welcome to the In the Thick of It podcast, where we discover the beauty of becoming ourselves, even in the thick of it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I am very excited today because um, at the time of recording this, it is the day before my birthday and tomorrow when it releases, it will be my birthday. That's how that goes. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm a total birthday diva. <laughs> I like require a full week of birthday love. Um, <laughs> and um, so when I was thinking about what I wanted to, to record for this episode, because my birthday and the timing of it, I just, I really wanted it to be a topic that feels like alive in me and um, really like raw and honest for where I'm at right now. I really wanted it to come from my heart. And so I, there's a reason why I'm recording it the day before is because that felt like (laughs) that was a tall order to find, like to conjure up (laughs) the content for. Um, But actually my husband and I were having a conversation yesterday and um, we were talking about our daughter and um, what it means to like raise a strong woman. You know, I consider myself a strong woman. Um, I'm always a work in progress, <laughs> but I do feel like I'm a strong woman. I, li- I like um, my the strength that I have in, in all of the ways of my character. Um, I, you know, I like myself. Um, but I do struggle with, you know, body image stuff or, um, you know, growing up there was a lot of, um, as just as my experience was, you know, around period shame and sex shame and like all of that, you know, from the culture I lived in in and everything that was prevalent. And what that meant for me as an adult, it means I have a lot of, um, I'm in my head a lot with like my physical experience of, of things. Um, I'm in my, I'm in my head a lot with my, like how I look at my body and, and all of that. I, I mean, I think a lot of you are right. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've struggled with some body image stuff and some sex weirdness or period weirdness, like, right. Our culture doesn't really like open the doors of, um, like praise and excitement for those things. So, um, there's a lot of shame and I think a lot of us experience. And my husband was kind of reflecting on that yesterday um, and how he doesn't really, like, he, he's hoping that our daughter doesn't have that. And so when I was talking with him, I was explaining to him, you know, based on the research and the reading and, and the, all of the prep I've done for the courses I've taught. And if you've been to my workshops, you know what I'm talking about when I say like the roots of our collective experience as women the roots of where those shames come from. Like, that's not just something that we woke up one day feeling, right? Like, that was something that was kind of modeled to us, whether it was in peers or in um, parents or family members or church leader, whatever, like trusted adults and books we read and TV we watched, like our culture, the people we came into contact with, all of those um influences gave us messages about how to feel about these things. 
and we have a very long history <laughs> of certain messages about women's bodies, about women's sexuality, um, the functions of a body, like all of those things. There's been a long history of messaging about those things, um, a long history of shame about, you know, keeping women. And I'm not going to get into all of the whole, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive into all of that research right now. <laughs> just going to say it exists. And there are roots that are well beyond you and me and our parents and our grandparents There are very, very deep roots that influence the way we feel about ourselves. But when my husband and I were talking about our daughter, he has witnessed a woman he loves really struggle with those things. And he really wants to spare his daughter of struggling with those things. And now, you know, over the last five, ten years, like I've really been on this journey of self-discovery and, and love and confidence and all those things. But it's a journey. Like I am unlearning a lot, like all the things <laughs> I'm unlearning completely and like becoming aware of my wiring and then untangling and rewiring. And it's a process like this is generational, right? This is like deep seated stuff that is not just mine and so it's a journey of unlearning of of rewilding I think we hear that term a lot I think we hear like rewilding I know I do in like circles that I run in and I hear rewilding and I think like like dancing in the forest like what do, what do we mean what do we mean like just like eating berries? Like what's, what do we mean by rewilding? Um, and I think I'm just starting to understand. And what I think rewilding means, what I think when I hear that now, what I see is getting kind of to this baseline before I had all of these like limitations put on me that I, and now that I just keep on myself, these, it's almost like a cage, right? It's almost like this, um, there's like these bars, like you can't go, you can only go this far. You can only be this loud. You can only be this selfish. You can only take, you know, this much time away. You can only be these things. You can only, you know, all the things, right? You can only, you know, be naked in these places. You can only be this naked. We can't see this part of you. You can't talk about this part of you. You cannot talk about these things. You can only talk about these things with certain people. I mean, there are just limitations. There are bars everywhere. Like that, ah, only this far, uh, only this far. And we've received those, but then we've also kept them, some of them, or put some of, up of our own, right? We, we kind of keep ourselves in these cages a little bit. And so what I mean by rewilding is kind of assessing all of these different limitations that we put on ourselves and deciding which ones we want to call bullshit on. That starts with getting to know yourself, right? That starts with that self-awareness piece of what am I, what are these limitations, right? That starts with that getting to know yourself thing. I mean, go back and listen to episode four about confidence or episode three about self-care and, and self-love, like it always comes back to having to even discover what's there first before you can call bullshit and unlearn and relearn, right? I mean, and in order to even get to that point of saying like, okay, I'm going to start paying attention. I'm going to start really being honest about 
where I'm putting limitations on myself, where I'm allowing limitations to be put on me. That journey starts with like getting to that point of seeing yourself as enough of an asset for your family that you're willing to invest in yourself, that you're willing to take the risks, to be courageous, to be self, you know, to aware, to be introspective, to carve out the time and the space and the resources to do all of that, to stretch your limits, to feel wild, to break some rules. Like you have first have to give yourself permission. You have to see yourself as enough of an asset to your family to know that you're worth that investment. To know that you're worth that time and energy and resources to really spend the time going to in that self-awareness, self-reflection place to determine what you do from there. So it goes back to those beginnings of permission for yourself. And once you are able to give that to yourself and carve out the time and the energy and the resources to be reflective and to process, that's when you can really start doing some of this work of rewilding. I um, I actually, I'm going to share a little story with you. I, I talked about this in a Monday motivation, I don't know, like last summer, I think. Um, but last, yeah, it was last summer because my husband and I took like a, it was a date night or was it a day date? I don't know. Anyway, the Sacramento Zoo was doing um, what was it called? Like cocktails and carousel or something like that. Anyways, it was like an adult's night out at the zoo and they had like cocktail stations everywhere and it was like over 21 only and like tickets only. And so it was not like a ton of people. There was actually ended up being a lot of people, but not like a normal zoo day and no kids. <laughs> and it was at the zoo. So it's like, I was excited. I mean, all the things that we normally like don't get to spend a lot of time doing because we're chasing children. It was like, Hey, like <laughs> we get to go do these things. But what was really interesting is we were one of the first people in. And um, so there wasn't a lot of people around like the exhibits. And my husband and I walked up to the lion cage. I think, you know, it's normally closed hours. And so I think the animals were kind of like, know that people weren't supposed to be there or something. They're like, this is usually the time when I'm not being observed. And so they're doing different things than they would normally be doing when the zoo is open. And so my husband and I walked up to like the lion exhibit and the female lion the lioness was right up against the glass which they're normally like way in the exhibit like on their platforms way in the back you can see them but they're nowhere near us at all and she's just laying right there up against the glass it was the closest to sh- I, I mean we've been going to the zoo for years it's the closest I've ever seen her and it like stopped me in my tracks I just was like whoa I mean she was huge I mean she looked huge far away so to see her right, it was, I mean, it was awing. It was, is that a word? It was awe-inspiring? There we go. I mean, it just, it was like dumbfounding. Like, I just stopped. I was like, <laughs> I mean, here was this animal. I mean, she, her paws were the size of my head. I mean, she's this giant lion. And, like, the female lion. So, like, this is the one who does all the hunting and the killing and shit of, like, water buffalo. (laughs) Okay? So, me standing there um, was, like, wow. It was really powerful because we just, like, made eye contact. And there was no one around but me and my husband. And I'm just staring into this lioness's eyes. And it was a little... um, I felt a little bit sad about it at first, you know, 
all the reasons, the zoo and all the things. But there was this crazy, like, energy that I felt with her after a few minutes of just staring into each other's eyes where I just, like, felt her, like, fierceness. I felt her... I mean, we both knew that she couldn't get me. Like, she wasn't, like, you know what I mean? She wasn't, like, trying to get me or anything. Like, she was just laying there staring at me. But mm, it was, like, this knowing that I had that she was, like, sending me, like, if this glass weren't here, bitch, <laughs> kind of a thing. <laughs> like, we both knew she could take me. And what I was, I started thinking about this like that's crazy because you know this lion has been in captivity in this cage since she was I mean since you know they're little I mean they kind of keep, keep breeding them in captivity right and so I don't know if she's ever known what it was like to be out in the wild but like looking into her eyes I just, I knew that she knew how to be wild. Like, if that glass shattered, she wouldn't need anyone to tell her what to do. She wouldn't need any permission to do exactly what she needed and wanted and knew how to do. That's her inner wild. And she's lived in a cage her whole life. But she knew exactly how to tap in to what is like instinctually in her. She wouldn't ask anybody if it was okay. She wouldn't apologize for it. And she wouldn't have to do a lot of digging. It would just be. That's being wild. That's what our daughters, that's what the young women being born and raised right now, they're born wild. And while we can't necessarily control how our culture influences them and ultimately sets some limitations up for them, we can actively participate and mindfully and intentionally consider our participation in that. Right? The things we say to them about their bodies, the way we talk to them about their periods or sex or their, their, their pleasure or and even, even just hearing me say that right now, like what comes up for you, pay attention to that. That's where that self-awareness piece comes in. Because when we start to go, uh, 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 we're participating in setting up those limitations for her. Do you want that? As a woman who has grown up really, like, as a woman trying to unlearn those things, that's a lot more work than just investing in her staying wild. I remember, um... When I got pregnant with Liv, if you've ever heard me talk about this, she was she was a surprise baby. <laughs> and 
And um, it scared the shit out of me, if I'm being honest. It scared the hell out of me. Um, being pregnant when I was not expecting it was terrifying in the middle of a pandemic. Awful. Um, but finding out I was having a girl, I was like, Oh no, (laughs) because I knew that I had a lot of work to do on myself before I was ready to model for her. And so it threw me into like a crash course of like everything I just talked about of going, I am her model. I am my, my thoughts and feelings and actions in regards to myself matter more than ever. My self-care, my confidence, my love for self, like all of that matters more than it ever has because this young wild flower, that's what I called her, my little wildflower, my wild one is going to be looking to me to where her cages need to go, how to stay wild, all of the things in between. She's not going to listen to anything I say. She's going to watch everything that I do. She's going to hear everything I say to myself. She's going to witness all of it and be taking notes. No fucking pressure, right? And I had to reconcile with myself that if I wanted to raise a woman who knows and loves herself, a woman who knows her body and her mind and her spirit and knows how to tend to them all regularly. If I want to raise a woman who embodies all the aspects of femininity and knows it, a woman who's like so deeply connected to that divine power of being a woman. If I wanted to raise a woman who feels strong and powerful, but like graceful and elegant, A woman who has the courage to be vulnerable while still like enforcing her boundaries. I want to raise a woman who loves to laugh and feels free in her body and is connected to her creativity. If I want to raise a woman who practices self-love and self-care, not just to look good for everyone or to look good in general, but because she knows That it's only when she cares for herself that she can really show up for and care for other people. I want to raise a woman who loves herself so fully and freely without apology. Who just radiates light and who inspires and motivates and who models all of this to everyone she meets. If I want to raise that woman... I'd have to become her first. No pressure. (laughs) And so I've had to reconcile with this place of being not fully ready, but being more ready than I've ever been. And continuing this journey of of devotion to self, of going, I am going to continually study and witness myself and learn for myself and become more aware and choose what I plant in this garden of my mind and and choose what limitations I set on myself, which ones feel like they're safe and boundaries and uh, to operate in society and which ones feel like they're bullshit and I'm going to uproot those bastards and throw them out and be a little bit more wild instead. I get to choose that. I love myself enough to do it. I love my daughter enough to do it for her and for me.
but for her. And whether you're a mother of a daughter or not, you are important. Your model matters for other young women. I mean, just think right now. What young girls do you know? What babies do you know that are girls? What girls, young girls do you know? What preteen girls do you know? What teen girls do you know? What going into college age women do you know? Women coming into themselves, women learning how to stay wild or becoming more caged. You know who they are. Whether you're their auntie or their grandparent or just a trusted adult in the, in the life of a woman, of a young woman, our job, our calling is to keep them wild as much as we can. We have to be mindful. The opportunity, the invitation is to be mindful of the limitations and the perspectives that we project onto them that we teach them that we model for them and the first step is being mindful about the limitations and the perspectives that we project onto our own hearts onto our own wild that's how we make that process possible so giving yourselves permission to do the inner work of becoming aware of what's in that garden of your mind, of your heart, of those limitations, of the cages. You have to give yourself permission to go on that self-discovery journey. You have to give yourself permission and authority to call bullshit on those ones that you don't want to be there, that aren't serving you. Give yourself permission to take action on those, to really unlearn those and to learn something new to improve, to be a work in progress, to grow, to stretch your limits, to take risks, to be courageous, to rewild so that you can model that for the women coming into the world who need that, who need that. Imagine the freedom that these women are going to have. I mean, that not that the prayer of all of our ancestors? For our daughters to be free, I know it's mine. And that's how we do it. So before I go, I'm actually going to leave you with a quote from Glennon Doyle, one of my favorite authors, who has a beautiful book. If you haven't read it, it's called Untamed. And um, it's a series of, um, not a series, it's more of a collection of, uh, uh, not free writes, like short stories of, of different like essays that she's written over time, but she has, um, her opening one is about a, a cheetah and she has a similar experience with a cheetah at a zoo. Um, but she's much more, <laughs> hers is much more, um, craftfully shared in her book, um, where she talks about the, um, rewild, the wild nature that she witnessed in the cheetah there at, at her zoo experience, um, with her daughters and, and how all of that inspired untamed. But one of the quotes she has at the end of the book, I want to read with you. I want to read to you. Here's to the untamed. May we know them. May we raise them. May we love them. May we read them. May we elect them. May we be them. I hope this serves you well. Please share it with other women who are models for other young women. 
This is um, the calling of our generation, I do believe. So please spread the word, do the work, and I'm here to support you if you need it. You know that. You know where to find me. Have a beautiful day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If today's message resonated with you, share it with me by leaving a review. I would love to hear about your experience with the show. And if you know someone who needs to hear today's message, share it with them too. And be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. If you want to connect with me more, head over to Instagram. You can find me at RobinAngela underscore. That's where I try to bring the humor and the real talk to you throughout the week to help you stay grounded and inspired between episodes. Remember to breathe, my friend, even in the thick of it.